This morning, I'm going to ask those who are going to be baptized, you guys can go ahead and, and come forward to your rooms to get ready, and we're going to be baptizing here in a minute. But one of the things that we, we want to take a quick look at is what is baptism? Um, so as we look at that, I, I want us to kind of go back to Ephesians for a second. And in Ephesians, um, we're told there in verse 18, it says this, it says, for through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. <clears throat> in Scripture, we have a picture of baptism. We have a picture of Christ himself being baptized. Often in our culture, there's confusion around what baptism is. I remember being baptized myself as a kid, um, and as I got to the baptismal pool, I slipped and I bounced across the baptismal pool trying to grab my footing. But what I think at that time in my life I was more excited about was it was called a pool. And I remember as my sister got baptized before me, I remember talking to my parents about this, and she, I remember the Sunday that they said, yeah, she's going to go in the baptismal pool. And I literally, at five years old, six years old, I can still remember one of the first memories I have of going, I want to go swimming too. And, um, and I think that often with baptism, it becomes a lot of things that it's really not intended to be. We don't believe that baptism is the means of salvation, that it saves us. We believe that there is only one way to have a relationship with Jesus, and it is to repent and believe on Christ. It is to confess Jesus as Lord of our life, to declare him as the, the ruler of our life. In Matthew, we're given the example of John the Baptist baptizing out in the wilderness. And then something happens. At the beginning of John's ministry, he says in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, he says, In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In verse 13, it tells us this. It says, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you and do not come to me. But Jesus answered him, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased." that Jesus himself goes before us in baptism. In Acts, as Peter was declaring to the Jews their need for salvation, that Jesus, this one that they had been persecuting, was the Messiah. 
He instructs them this way. He says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Let all the house of Israel, he says there. And then he says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Baptism was not the means of salvation. It was an expression of their salvation. Jesus himself is baptized, our Savior. It wasn't because Jesus needed saving. He was identifying with those, this this movement, the way that was coming, saying the Messiah is here. When we're baptized, we are identifying with Christ and we're identifying with his church. With the people that acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. In Romans 6, we're told this. It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who've been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism and death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Baptism is a picture for us of being buried in the likeness of Christ, Our sins, once and for all, buried through his blood and risen in new life through the power of the resurrection. That's what baptism is. It declares the truth of a burial towards sin and a resurrection in Christ. And so when we get baptized, that's what's happening. As we are declaring to one another and to the world that we love Jesus, and that we're one to another. It actually identifies us with the family. When we think about the family of God, we look around and what does that mean? The family of God are those who have repented and believed on Christ. Baptism is a way of identifying with Jesus and declaring that truth to one another. One of the challenges that we have today in America is that baptism is relatively safe and easy. But there is something about being baptized and the importance of it that goes and even cements our faith. Throughout the world, there are those who are baptized, and the moment they're baptized, their life has a bounty on it. 
Most Muslim countries today, where a person is baptized into the faith, the family takes a bounty out on the life of that that has just confessed Christ publicly. There is a cost. And so as we look at each of those who are going to be baptized this morning, remembering that they are identifying with Christ and they're declaring to one another that we are his, that we are a part of the family of God. One of the things that our salvation is not is a promise that all will go well. When Jesus began his ministry in Mark 1, we're told that he too said something similar to John the Baptist. He said, repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand. Under duress, John the Baptist wondered at the end of his ministry, he wondered if Jesus was the one, this one who was able to identify the Messiah to come He looked out and he sent his disciples to Jesus and said, are you the one? And this is Jesus' response to his disciples. He says in verse 22, go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, The poor have good news preached to them, and blessed is the one who's not offended by me. There will come doubts. There will become questions. But Jesus points him right back and says, who am I and what have you seen? Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at what's taking place, but trust in what you've seen. Trust what I've shown you. It's interesting here that this passage is quoted from Isaiah. It's fitting that Jesus quoted this that pointed towards the Messiah, the one who was going to heal lepers. The blind would now see But the interesting part of that is that he left off an important part of Isaiah when he spoke to John the Baptist. And it was the part from Isaiah chapter 29, verse 20, where he says, For the ruthless shall come to nothing, and the scoffers cease, and all who watch to do evil shall be cut off. Word by a word make a man out to be an offender, and lay a snare for him who reproves in the gate, And with an empty plea, turn aside him who is in the right. In this one piece, Jesus quotes, but he leaves off this one section because John is not going to be removed from his trial. But rather, he says this. He finishes it with a simple word. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me that he would have to endure. So for us this morning, as we participate in this baptism with those who are being baptized, know that our faith does not mean a simple life. And know that our faith does not mean an easy life. But what it does mean is a blessed life. 
a blessing that is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And so may that be the word that we take this morning as we look forward in baptism, as they identify with us, and blessed is the one who's not offended by me. Let's pray for them as they get ready for baptism. Father, thank you that you have shown us clearly the way of salvation through repentance and faith. That it is not a work of our own, but it is solely a work of you. Father, as those that come forward before you in baptism, may we rejoice with them, may we celebrate with them. And Father, may this be a day where the faith is further cemented and they cling to the belief that blessed is the one who is not offended of you. And we ask this in your name. Amen. So at this time, we're going to begin our baptisms.